Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I'm Sam, and I'm delighted to say joining me this week is someone I've spoke to on and off for quite a while via Twitter and social media, is Ali. How are you? Hi, Sam. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. See, I wasn't sure I'd introduce that. I was going to say Coach Ali, because you are a football <laughs> coach. And then I thought, no, don't introduce someone as a coach, because, you know, that, that's not a nice visual. So I wasn't sure. So uh, Coach Ali, Ali, how would you like to be addressed during during the podcast? I mean, I'm just Ali. That's fine. Um, I was having this conversation the other day, actually, about um, people calling me Coach Ali and yeah. people joking that they thought my first name was actually Coach um, <laughs> because so many people refer to me as Coach yeah. Ali. But um, you are yeah, you are saved Ali. as Coach Ali on my yeah. So uh, I do but feel yeah, bad. Ali's Ali's fine. Okay, so we'll drop the coach, coach Ali. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, Matt's away this week. Matt's taking a well-earned break for Easter. Um, I was going to take a break in well due to the fact it's the international football, but I had the opportunity to speak to Ali, which is something I've tried to do for quite a while. But you're you're very elusive. You're, you're very hard to pin down for an interview. I'd say I'm busy. I'm busy, Sam. Yeah, um, yeah, I know, but... I know, I know. But we're here now. We we are. We are. I'll I'll try and make the best of it. Um, So we are going to follow the normal show format. So basically, Ali, uh, I'm going to bring you on board. And obviously, you listen every week. So you know all of this. No problem at all. For sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'm on to you. (laughs) Um, We're going to start off talking about the international break. Um, Mostly, obviously, it's Spurs podcast. But how how do you find the international break? Because when I was younger... I was really into international football, possibly on the same level as I was the club game. But as I've got older, I find it more and more, I don't know, boring, the style of football. Just it feels like it gets in the way. I don't know. But this one I was very happy for. I I needed the break from Tottenham, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm going to say to you first and foremost, Sam, obviously it's the the men's international break at the moment. Yes, there is still yes, a lot of women's right. clubs taking place Um, no you're right you're right to tell me off that's okay (laughs) no it's not it's not telling you off it's not telling you off it's just uh informing informing and educating but um yeah so well as as you know and most people who follow me on um twitter is in particular can't avoid i love harry kane harry kane is my favorite male footballer um so the international break um doesn't really annoy me as such because I get to watch Harry play for England yeah. um depending on who we're playing obviously because sometimes he's he's rested got to rest yeah. those ankles <laughs> I do that's that is the only thing <laughs> that's that the worry me. yeah that's the only thing that bothers me about like I don't mind qualifiers because I I quite like watching um you know the Euros and World Cup and all of that yeah I, I love the championships yeah yeah so I don't I don't I'm I'm all for qualifiers, but with friendlies, I I do get nervous about the Spurs players because yeah. I'm like, yeah, but then you're going to get injured in in a friendly. Like, uh, uh, it is. I I find sometimes because I watch England and I see Kane like someone to go in for a challenge, and it's like I hold my breath for those. <laughs> 
it's probably just like a second before he gets up, you know, but I see him go down. It's like, oh, no, that's it. Season over. Oh, no, it's all done. But no, he gets up. What do you think of the new the new tournament they brought in? Um, you know, the idea to try and stop the uh, the friendlies, if you like. So you've got the World Cup, the World Cup qualifiers, the Euros and the Euro qualifiers, and they've got this kind of, what do they call it? FIFA League thing. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really got my head around these things yet, but oh. um, I do think um, I do think it's good for international teams to play as regular as possible competitive football. Yeah, because I think that's always been for a long time. That's um, been England's downfall. Is that a lot of their um, squad are not. Mm playing together regularly at club level and I think what was interesting about the 2018 World Cup which we were you know for us pretty successful was that the core of your team was a Tottenham team and it it, it was players that played together week in week out and knew each other and could combine and I think that's not a coincidence I think you look at the successful other especially European teams like the German teams and the Spanish teams it's because for and the French teams it's because for for a lot of it they played together or at least your spinal team or your maybe your front three or whatever played together at club level um and I think England over the years have kind of suffered in that respect because they only come together every now and again um so I think it's I think it's good to have competitive football at that level as much as possible um in order for to enhance our chances of success um but it's yeah it's the friendlies that i yeah yeah i I think i'm the same as you but even in the qualifying like for for these three games the san marino game for example i'm kind of watching out like and, and kane was rested so mm. I'm sat there with the opinion of, okay, well, he's been rested. That's the right thing to do. Because really, if we can't beat Sam Marino without Harry Kane, we've got bigger problems. Mm. But then but then I'm just kind of, I, I feel for him because I'm watching him in the stands and he's clearly thinking, I want to break that goal scoring record and I'm never going to do it yeah. if they don't let me play against Sam Marino. <laughs> so yeah. yeah I could have got five. Yeah, he, he did have that look on his face, which any Tottenham fan will recognise, which is just let me on the pitch. Um, yeah, so that was... That was kind of crazy. I, one of the things about international football, and again, is, is sort of the, I, I don't know whether, it, and you, you probably look at it from a different point of view because you are Coach Ali. Um, <laughs> do you find that international football is, because like you say, they're not in camp together anywhere near as much as a club side would be. Mm. Do you find the the managers at international level, do you feel like they have to be almost a, a step above tactically and kind of motivational uh, in sense to where it's club managers are who've got you know three sessions a day every day sort of thing to try and imprint things international level you've got a far shorter period to try and get your message across do, do you feel that that that's like where sometimes it kind of falls down in, and dare I say I use the word sort of boring to watch because it's kind of we've got to keep it really simplistic I think I think they just have a different job they just yeah. like you know like i think you know you've got to be at the top of your game uh, as a coach i think you know at any level actually because your players deserve that but yeah. i think um 
I think international co uh, sorry coaches who you know manage international teams just have quite it's just quite a unique job I think because yeah. you don't because of the reasons we've just described in that you don't see them as often as a squad you see you can go out and watch them play in their teams yeah. but their individual teams are going to set up quite differently potentially to your team um sure. I, I I guess it's always been about um playing the best system for the for the players that you have at your disposal and I think that's true at any level of football I, yeah I no, that's see, in my experience I've seen um you know play uh managers and coaches get very frustrated uh that their players can't execute these plans and these tactics and these skills um and it's like well a that takes time like you can't yeah. you can't teach some you can't teach a 12 year old something on Thursday night and expect them to do it perfectly on Saturday morning no you know right. that that development takes time but also you have to like I said work with the players at your disposal and yeah. you know I just think the best the best teams are exactly that they're the best teams and I know on social media there's always loads of ranting about how can you leave this player out and how yeah. why would you take him and what about her and you know and it's like well you know it's a tough gig being a coach and a manager yeah, I mean and to be honest with you most of that about the Tottenham women's just me every time Anna Phil is not in the side I just rant and rage <laughs> yes yeah, it's my it's my friend she needs to play <laughs> yeah but um no you are right and I and it does actually ease me almost like we planned this by the way but which we didn't so this is going to look almost <laughs> professional it well it would have seemed professional till I pointed it out but it leaves me quite seamlessly into talking about Jose Mourinho because yeah, 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 easy, easy. <laughs> one of the things that, right, Jose and the, the sort of Tottenham team, one of the things I've struggled with is there are certain players at Tottenham who I, who I really love to watch, and one of them is Deli Alley. When I, when I watch Deli play football, there there's a joy. A bit like Sonny. Sonny's another great example of the two of them being in the same team. I guess I was spoiled for a while. But, but there are certain players that... They're the reason, you know, I pay money to go into a stadium. They're the reason why, you know, because in every game they will do at least one thing that's great. You know, they'll do a flick. They'll do something that is worth the admission fee, if that makes mm. sense. Magic, and so, yeah. So, yeah, so I've struggled with his kind of being alienated from, from the team because it's like, this is the club I love. Here's a player I really, really love. And and this is very difficult for me to come to. But the kind of point you were just making then, I guess, kind of goes towards this, which is if you're a manager and you've got a blueprint in your mind and this player doesn't fit that blueprint, then that's kind of that. Otherwise, you know. I mean, I guess it's not. It's That's slightly the point I was making, but it's, it's maybe it's a bit more maybe I didn't express it that well I guess okay. what I'm saying is you have to you have to work with the players you have at yeah. your disposal so you have to yes you might have a very clear idea of what works but that might have worked 10-15 years ago with a completely different squad of players that doesn't <laughs> yep. mean it's going to work now with the players in front of you that, that and, felt very Jose that felt very <laughs> that felt very targeted by the way <laughs> and so all, you know coaching is about adapting all yeah. the time you have to constantly because actually playing the game is about adapting we talk about you know being in possession being out of possession and then being in transition but really yeah. the whole game is in transition you're constantly transitioning yeah and 
you know, you've those players on the pitch have got to adapt. And the whole point of the coach, in my opinion, is to teach them how to do that and to make them feel comfortable and confident in making those decisions when they're on the pitch. And yeah, that means that sometimes they do need a little bit of instruction and guidance from the sidelines. But ultimately, they need to be able to understand the game plan and and to be on board with it so that they can execute it. Yeah. And I think that's what's been to, that's what it looks like to me anyway. That's what's been lacking at Spurs recently is those those players either don't understand either there isn't a game plan. Well, it doesn't are. look like there's an attacking game plan. <laughs> no. no um, so fair. either there is one or they're not quite sure of it. Or they to me, those play a lot of those players do not look, look like they are having any fun. And I yeah. think there's a big about competitive elite football that well you get paid loads of money so you just get on with it mm. but they play the game for the exact same reason that most of the kids in the park are playing it because they love yeah. it and if they're not loving it it shows and I think that's what is showing there are, there are definitely a fair few of them where that shows and uh, the, the money thing's always an interesting thing to me because the money in, in men's football is is ridiculous and everybody knows that and it's kind of like wow that is crazy money but that's you know that's where that is and one of the things i always get is more around mental health and i and i see the comments like some so and so's like complained about abuse online and i see a comment like he gets paid that much money a week he should shut up and i'm thinking where's the cutoff you know what amount of money do i have to earn when my mental health will no longer be affected because i'd like to earn that please <laughs> well exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, it's like there is where where if someone earns a thousand pounds a week they're allowed to to have mental health issues but at two thousand absolutely <laughs> not you know the yeah. only player that's just that's just sprung to my mind actually um yeah. as as we were talking about you know um, players playing for the love of the game. Yeah. The only exception is um, wasn't Asuakoto like yeah, yeah, all about the money. Yeah, like yeah, and, just, and made it abundantly just, clear constantly to everybody. I've it's got like, enough time for that. The one oh, yeah. thing I value above all else is honesty. Well, he, he <laughs> was that. Funny. He was definitely that. He was honest to a fault, and there were a lot of faults. <laughs> It's very funny though. Yeah, he was yeah, funny. Yeah, he might be an exception to that, but he—he's he, definitely an exception to most rules. He was. Uh, uh, did you ever? Uh, I had the opportunity once to meet him, and he—he okay. he, he was very. Um, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, forthright in in mm-hmm. putting across any any opinion he had, but not just football. I mean anything. <laughs> he was like, "This is my opinion." Yeah, yeah, and 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 because I've said it, it's no fact. <laughs> you know yeah so yeah interesting chat but you are right he was very upfront about i'm in this for the money because it's good money and then i'm going um i'll tell you another example of a player who's basically said that himself the last few years but i feel the circumstances are slightly different is actually danny rose where i feel Mm. like danny rose has fallen out of love with football for for a variety of reasons um I, i mean i i've got a very uh, not complicated, but I've got a very. Uh, Danny was a player who, when he first came to Spurs, got a lot of abuse from making mistakes and stuff, and I kind of really championed him. And rightly or wrongly, I got that kind of attachment to him. So all the way through his career, has been sort of like this very roller coaster, being a fan of Danny Rose. And 
the last couple of years, you know, listening to him talk about mental health, listening and listening to him talk about a game that he absolutely loved and now just kind of doesn't. Almost, I think he, almost, I think he even said on an interview, he's just waiting to retire now. Mm. That's that, that's tough to hear. You know, <laughs> it's it's, it's very is. difficult to imagine getting to that place. Yeah, and I think like I I'm a big fan of Danny Rose. Like yeah. I I I enjoyed when you know watching him when he played for us and yeah. I think I mean th- he's an example though of um you know I was saying before about how you know you sort of you, ha- you have to work with the players at, at yeah. your disposal yeah. but obviously you select those players to a certain extent so that that is you know even Poch, you know, my favourite of all time, when he came in, he still got, he still shipped out a loads of players. Because okay. he was like, okay, they're not on my... Yeah, we actually know. actually worked this out the other day. It was 10, which I still struggle to believe. It was 10 after his first season in charge. It was like the night of the long knives. 10 went that summer. Well, he said, didn't he, that when he... Um, when he joined Spurs, he he was kind of astounded by the size yeah. of the squad. He was like, yeah. "This is like an NFL squad. This isn't, a, <laughs> a, yeah. an, you know, a a a football squad. This is like an American." Yeah. Um, so I I think he he felt that it was too big anyway, but he I think Potch is probably a good example of a molding of like what I was trying to say earlier in terms of you know you work with what you have yeah but can actually if 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 you've tried things and they're really not working with you then yeah. you do have to kind of weed those players out because otherwise yeah. it, it can dis- it can be so disruptive and and ultimately we don't know what is for all the you know amazon documentary and whatever we don't really know what has gone on behind the scenes at spurs no. since they joined no. and it may well be that certain players have been disruptive. I don't, you know, I'm playing, I'm that, trying to play. That's, that. You are, you are, and you're doing very good because I know your feelings on it. So <laughs> I think you're being very, very good and diplomatic there. But uh, yeah, you are right. We don't know. And I, I remember um, one of my favorite players at Tottenham for a long time was Aaron Lennon. Um, loved watching Aaron Lennon play. Again, it was another example of a player that when he had the ball, there was excitement. You know, it was something mm. he was running at a defender. But I remember Pochettino uh, in his book, Aaron Lennon telling uh, Jesus, uh, basically, I was here before you guys arrived and I'll still be here afterwards. I'm not doing double training sessions. <laughs> uh, so he left. <laughs> yeah, that went down well. Um, but, but again, you know, he left and and you you kind of look at that and you go this is an example of can you imagine coming into a club and sort of trying to okay getting to know everyone trying to learn where we are this is what i want you to do and just having players turn around and go no yeah I mean, and, that, and that's <sighs> big and, and i don't know like ultimately that 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 is going to be disruptive then isn't it yeah, because you yeah. can't have a set of players doing no. one thing and player doing something different but yeah, um massively. but elite, elite football is is a strange world like it really like adult elite football is yeah. is, is a kind of weird little bubble in itself um I and i just feel like all of the kind of stuff i've learned as a youth coach and a development coach yeah. um or coaching maybe you know uh older children or or adults 
I've done that out in the community and I think all the things I've learned doing that I'm not sure that 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 any of that would I think different rules apply I was was just about to say to that do you think you do you think it would be like a a different world almost going into like a an elite level club to try and coach And and do you put that down to agents perhaps I think there's so many factors. I think the, the biggest thing is that it is win at all costs. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is the bottom line. It is a business. Yeah. It's not just a game. It's no. it's it's a multi-billion pound industry. Yeah, in that the truth. Um, and the bottom line is that you have to win because if you don't win, you're out. Yeah. Um, and the pressure of that is... Uh, 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 something to you either cope with that or you don't because yeah. that's, that's an issue within itself for some people um, and then yeah and then you've got lots of lots of sort of external extrinsic factors like yeah. agents and, and, and all these things and but but ultimately I think that the thing that is true is that it's still about people and I often feel like that the managers who get it right and the, and the successful managers have just have, have I don't even know if they've learned. I, I imagine they have learned how to do it a little bit by trial and error, but I think it's just authentically them yeah. that they have learned to balance people skills, like actually yeah. being a proper human being to someone else who is also a human being um, with, with then managing a situation so that they can get what they want. Yeah, I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds simplistic. Like, well, yeah, obviously. But then when you do look at situations with football managers and, and players, sometimes you can actually see that it doesn't go that way. You know, you there are certain football managers, and I'm not going to pick out names of them, but you see them when they talk about their players and you're like, you're talking about a human <laughs> for, for one. Yes, you know? like, so one of the things for me is that if I ever coach at a level where someone is going to interview me about it after a game, yeah. uh, it hasn't happened to me yet, but if I no. ever coach at that level, um, yeah. I'm as as angry as I might be or as an emotional as I might yeah. be in that moment, I would try my hardest not to speak about I so, I wouldn't I wouldn't like um, name, name players I wouldn't and I would try not to make it sound like I thought it was a player's fault or I put the blame yeah. on the team or whatever those conversations for me take place behind closed doors I, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you it's one of my do you know when we had the transitional Tottenham the last time I felt like this about the team because at the moment I'm, I'm not very happy with how I feel about the team was with Tim Sherwood Tim Sherwood took charge, and Tim Sherwood almost every game. I I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch him being around the team. I didn't want to watch his take after the game because it was embarrassing. You know, he'd come out and just basically say, "Oh, so and so was crap," and you're like, "Oh, that's just what? What are you hoping to achieve by doing that? How how is that person going to be motivated? Do you really think that they're going to?" look at that and go oh oh yeah he's right next week I'll, I'll try and be better because of it no it just that's not how it works I think it just shows I think it shows a lack of emotional intelligence um yeah. I think it shows that because I honestly think that if you 
the best way to achieve football is a team sport, right? We're all yeah. agreed on that. You can't yeah. you yeah. as much as you've got the Messies of the world, yeah. it is a team sport. I, and I, I do think Messi on his own could beat some teams. I will put that out there. <laughs> I'm sure you'll probably right. Even, but... even playing rush back, I think he could still outscore a team. <laughs> <laughs> But like, but you know, it is a team sport, which means yeah. we need to achieve something as a collective. And I think one of the most important ingredients in achieving something as a collective is trust. And I don't think you help to build trust in any uh, team setup, be it football, be it in your office, whatever it is. Okay. I don't think you help to build that trust by undermining others. And you certainly don't help to build it build it by publicly undermining yeah. the team. Um, and I think that's my issue with with that particular style of um, player management. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. It is one of my big issues, really, with the way... I mean, I'm going to say it, the way Jose uh, coaches the team, because he does... And, I, and I've tried to be really balanced about it, because I've tried to look at it and go, you know, I... I I talked about Deli Ali. He's one of the player I really like. So perhaps it's because of that. And there, there's a player at Tottenham who, who I have never rated that highly. He's a player I didn't really want us to sign, and that's Serge Aurier. And Serge Aurier came in, and this season, for example, he has actually played at a level that is far above what he has previously. Um, so I, I've tried to be you know very balanced in saying no. I, th- I think Serge has been our best right back this season. Um, but even when like Jose absolutely ripped into him publicly, I, I'm sat there thinking, what what are you going to achieve? <laughs> you know, and by all accounts, it is you know it's completely demotivated the guy. He's gone away with um, international break now. Ivory Coast and got like a goal and three assists, you know, for his country, which is great. But it just goes to show that when he went away, he was happy and yeah. relaxed, and and clearly that affects performance, like you said. Yeah, I, I guess I, it's it's difficult because the thing is, though, there are certain players that that do respond to that style of management. Yeah. There are players that actually um, then up their game and work yeah. hard because they've got a point to prove. But I think for me, I don't want an environment where players are like they're playing angrily. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're playing like, well, no, I'm going to show you then. You think I'm rubbish. I'm going to show you. It's like, actually, how can I achieve that same energy but positively? How can I achieve that same effort and drive and determination and passion for wanting yeah. us to achieve as a team but with a positive flex? And I, you, and again, that's my issue with, with how... Do you, do you think that one of the, perhaps the biggest problems with our squad at the moment is that they've transitioned between two managers who are probably the polar opposites well, in terms of, yeah. of how they deal with people as people? You know, uh, um, Mauricio uh, Pochettino, for example, I mean, I used to love the jokes about he put sliced lemons on his desk, you know, to ward away evil thoughts and stuff like that. The guy was kookies for that, but he was just phenomenal, phenomenal at talking to people, understanding people, very personable. Everyone I know who had any interaction with him walked away from it loving the guy, you know, just thinking he was wonderful. Mm -hmm. 
And then at the other end, you've got Jose, who even in the Amazon documentary, which we all know would have been sanitized, mm. he came across very confrontational on a number of occasions, very in people's faces. And you even actually got to see in that documentary, some players look visually like shocked, like, what has he just said to us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you, I, I wonder how much of an issue we're having with the squad right now is perhaps that they are five years, five and a bit years. The vast majority of them worked with Pochettino mm. every day, and now they've got this guy who's like a you know a a bulldozer <laughs> come in. Some of them have yeah. responded to it. I mean, by all accounts, Harry Kane, you know, Harry Kane's having a phenomenal season. By all accounts, he gets on very well with Jose. Um, but then you've got the others who clearly haven't. <laughs> mm. I mean, first point, like Harry Kane, gonna Harry Kane. I feel yeah. like Harry Kane um, would play well no matter who's. Yeah, that's a fair point. Very self-disciplined, very self-disciplined, and yeah. so yes, again, I don't know behind the scenes. I don't know Harry Kane. I don't know Jose Mourinho. So for all I know, they're the best of friends, and actually, that's why it's benefited um, Harry as opposed yeah. to maybe some other players in the team like Dilly. But yeah. I do think what sets Harry Kane apart is his self-discipline and his determination to succeed, regardless of whatever else is going on outside of him. That's fair. But I think it, overall you raise a really interesting point, and it's linked to something that I've been thinking about um, for the past few years, um, the more I've got in- involved in coaching, is this idea of a club philosophy and a club DNA and the role yeah. of a sporting director and a mid to long term plan. And okay. and so Brighton, for example, are a club <coughs> that have tried to adopt this approach with Dan Ashworth, who did it really successfully with England um, yeah. and has gone over to Brighton. And it's about kind of saying, OK, so managers come and go. Yeah. <laughs> you are it, it's very red like yes you have the Alex Ferguson's and the Arsene Wenger's sorry sorry Spurs fans <laughs> um sorry for saying the name on, yeah. on the podcast well, I'm gonna have to edit that <laughs> <laughs> but you know yes you have these managers that that, that do spend a long time at, at one club and and very successfully but actually more often than not you get a a, a, a kind of constant churn of, of of managers yeah. and it's a bit of a revolving door and so actually how how does any club maintain their identity and I think um you know what what feels better to me is that actually because what you've got to remember is that attached to these first teams is an academy yeah. and they're being taught a certain style of play they are being taught the Tottenham way they are being taught this DNA and this philosophy. And then they're coming into the first team and they're like, yeah. say what now? Yeah, you want me so, yeah. yeah. So I think what seem and, and again, I have never operated at this level. So this is just pure, like, this Opinion. is what my yeah. gut tells me. Yeah. I've never tried to do it. So I might end up with egg on my face. But what I would want to do, if I was in charge, <laughs> yeah. is, is basically for each club to kind of, do a bit of soul searching, work out who they are, who they want to be, how they want to play. And then they only employ people who are on board with that philosophy. And yes, they've got space for creativity and to execute that plan in the way that they think 
um, is going to work. Yeah. But the fundamentals they have to basically agree to as part yeah. of their contract. Because I just don't, otherwise this is the problem you get. You just get one manager comes in, does it one way. All those players get used to that or they hate it. And then another manager comes in and you just continue. With Daniel Levy at Tottenham especially, we we did go through a time. I mean, um, Harry Redknapp into AVB, into Tim Sherwood, and then Pochettino, the saviour, arrived. That that period of time where we went from Redknapp into AVB into Sherwood, for me as as a fan, was where I really became disenfranchised with with the team. I mean, I, I really was not interested at all. Which, you know, for someone that spends so much time around the club doing podcasts and all sorts, is a bit of an odd thing. But I I just couldn't. There was like nothing there that I could really engage with. I, I just couldn't. There was something that just didn't feel right. And mm. to me, it was like I. Uh, and as much as I make a lot of jokes with a friend of mine, Dan, about AVB, it's like, oh, I can't stand him. He basically inherited Harry Redknapp's squad mm. and didn't really get the player. Well, he definitely didn't get the players he needed or wanted to be able to transition into a team the way he wanted to play. I mean, uh, AVB was trying to play a high line with Michael Dawson. I love Michael Dawson as a defender, but that's never going to work. You know, that, that's just not the way it's, it's going to go. So... There, there were certain things in that uh, that period where I found tough, but I look at it now objectively looking away from it, and I'm thinking, if you change that many times, by the time Pochettino came in, and, and he does talk about this in his book, and uh, remember, it's basically a hodgepodge of failed managers' dreams. That mm. squad was a mess, and like you said, it was an oversized squad. You know, mm. you had Soldado, uh, Yunus Kabul, for the second time we'd signed him in his career, you know. There was there just a, a whole squad of players that were from Redknapp, that were from AVB, even Tim Sherwood players there. And then you had Pochettino come in, so the fourth manager in, I think it was three seasons, and basically the same squad with like two or three changes each window. But the bulk of the squad was there, and and. To try and do that must be a nightmare. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he did it, but he did. Mm. And now yeah. we're in this situation where Jose's picked up what was Mauricio's squad, which basically felt to me anyway that like they they just needed, you know, revamping, which Mauricio said constantly. Mm. And now we're kind of in this situation because I'm one of the people that have genuinely said this season. I would like Jose to go. I would prefer the club to make that change because I, I find this really difficult to watch. But then at the same time, I do try and always stay balanced. And I do look at it and go, but if we make that change again, are, you know, do we just run the risk of having this same problem continuing? Yeah, and, and I think this is, I guess this is what I'm trying to say is that you need the right person for the job. But yeah. if the job keeps changing, who's yeah person yeah how how's uh, any person gonna fit the mold yeah, yeah. you're right so... it's funny because Tottenham did were one of the clubs that kind of pioneered the kind of director of football role um yeah. in England anyway because obviously on the continent happens a lot one of my loves in football is Ajax and how Ajax is run with the academy the director of football the blueprint and this kind of circles back to something you said earlier on about international football we were talking about um, the best teams internationally. Um, you, again, were, were very similar in age, but you remember the Dutch team in the late 90s? Mm. Uh, you know, the David, Seedorf and all of that. Although all of those players were at different clubs in Italy and all these different places, they all came from the same academy. <laughs> so, you know, this yeah. Dutch team knew each other since they were kids. 
you know, the DeBoer brothers, all of them, it was just a phenomenal side that looked incredible every time they played. But you can trace it all the way back to basically the same academy setup with like one or two others. So, I, do, I think, sorry. No, no, I, I was just, I was just going to say, just to finish, the, the kind of, the idea of having this, you know, Tottenham, this is how we want to play. This is how we want our players to develop. This is how we want as a DNA of the club to go forward. It almost feels like when we appointed Jose, we kind of screwed that up and threw out the window and went, we need, we need to win something. Almost like we abandon our principles in that just to go, the fans are screaming, we need a trophy. This guy wins trophies and there was no more thought to it. That's kind of how it feels to me. Yeah. I mean, to me, honestly, the Jose appointment felt like an ego project by Levy. I think yeah. he wanted him and he wanted to prove that he could get him. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't think it made good football business sense. Like, it might have made sense elsewhere, but it didn't make sense on the pitch. Um, and I think that's what we're now seeing the result of. Yeah. Um, I think just linked to your point around international football, I think the other thing that England fans uh, never seem to get a grip of uh, as a collective is... Um, realistic expectation and I think we went into I think we went to Russia ranked zero like, expectation I think we went to Ra Russia ranked 13th in the world yep and yep. and it was like so if if we were any other country that w went into a um a competition a world yeah. cup no less <laughs> Ranked 13th. ranked 13th in the world. How, where would you, you know, how good do you think that country's chances would well, be? Well, like, you'd, you'd, you'd lucky you to get out of the group stage, basically. Right. <laughs> okay. So this is what, like, as a nation, we just yeah. need to get past this sense of entitlement. Like, hey, we are yeah, entitled to go at least to the semi final. Yeah, we're, 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 we're England, Ali. Come on. Come on. Yeah, Come on. Like, we're England. That pressure yeah. on that on that squad of players to achieve I, that. I, I have bought a little flag to go on my car, so you need to win it now. That's that's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. And it's yeah. like and I think, you know, this is what we need to understand. And hopefully if the if the last year has taught people anything, it's it's about mental health and it's yep. about actually we all have mental health. <laughs> regardless like, of how much you earn yes yeah <laughs> we all we, we all have it and we all have to look after it and it all gets impacted like you yeah. know each of us get impacted by things in different ways at different times and you are out of your mind <laughs> if you think <laughs> that those players aren't aware of that pressure and expectation no, well they, they grew up watching up. it well yeah. exactly they probably grew up participating in it <laughs> yeah. and and I think, you know, that I think that's where Gareth Southgate's been really successful. Yeah. In in being a human being. Yeah, that no, team. that's that's fair. No, I I I'm very again, I'm very critical of Southgate purely on the fact that I watch England play and I sort of look at the talent that's there and I think to myself that I, I expect more. But your point is completely valid, which is they're hardly ever together. Why was my expectation up there? <laughs> you know, why is that? So that's something I think I need to I need to put my mind to. I need to put my thoughts to that. Why 
why is it? But then I apply that to Tottenham as well. I see our team sometimes and I think, oh, yeah, they, they, what a good side we're putting out. And then I watch us play and I think, oh, oh, yeah, no, maybe not. Yeah, it's like when we... It's like when we beat Burnley 4-0 and everyone gets really excited. And it's like, well, uh, no disrespect, yeah. but you're beating yeah. Burnley 4-0. Like, that doesn't yeah. mean you're going to go and beat Liverpool 4-0. Like, uh, no, no, it certainly doesn't mean that. I mean, uh, Liverpool, no matter how badly they're doing, seem to have the, the rub on us at the moment. But, yeah, you're right. You you do. But that's kind of football, though, isn't it? Football fandoms, this kind of roller yeah. coaster dare I say almost bipolar at times kind of absolute extremes when, yeah. when it comes to the emotions. very very passionate and I think and that's <laughs> in actually because sometimes I find it really difficult to talk about Spurs because yeah. I am a fan yeah and often when I watch other football or I talk about other football it's really it's hard not to to talk about it without you know my experiences as a coach but when I watch and talk about Spurs like it's like all the reason leaves my mind oh exactly yeah (laughs) it's It's just "Ah." yeah and and you're absolutely right I mean you are obviously a Tottenham fan um otherwise why would you be here talking to me I don't know (laughs) yeah yeah. to be honest with you Sam I've been thinking that the whole time I've been talking to you yeah thank you (laughs) uh but why why Tottenham? It's something we ask everybody who comes on. I mean, I, I'm not going to bore the listeners by talking about why why I'm Tottenham, despite having a pirate slash farmer accent again, because I've told that story a few times. <laughs> but for yourself, why why Tottenham? Yeah, Tottenham till I die. Um, I, well, of course, yes. I feel like I've come close to at times watching. <laughs> also listening to them, because I don't have all the sports channels. And yeah. so I the worst slash best game I've ever listened to on the radio as a Tottenham fan um, was that night in Amsterdam. Oh, I had was that... to that. Were you <laughs> listening to that on your way home? I, I well, still remember yeah. you saying like you were celebrating yeah, like I, a loom. I was on my way home from coaching and yeah. then I think I got to like the concourse at Victoria and was yes. just, like, people were like, is this girl okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone but, someone called security. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that was that game actually or if it was one of the, uh, that might have been the Man City one. I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, I, I that's remember whole... you saying about it. And I, I remember the visual of that it used to make me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, that whole Champions League run was mostly listened to on the radio. Oh, um, wow. I thought watching but, it was tough. But what was really painful about that that particular game mm. was that they the commentators because no one could believe what they were seeing. No. It was really hard for them to describe it. So they were just sort yeah. of like, oh, oh my god. Yeah, they, they <laughs> lost their minds as well. <laughs> like I was like, you know, Tell me I what's know going on. We'd scored. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know what happened. I was just like, someone just tell me, put me out of my misery. I've told this story. I've told this story before, but you're going to find this funny. So, you know, our football fans and all sports people, to be honest, we were ridiculously superstitious at times. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. We're playing our cup final soon. I'm going to wear the same Tottenham shirt I wore of various other finals and stuff because I have to because that's the shirt I wear. Um, we're watching Man City in the Champions League, and Man City, have, um, we, we've scored, and I had it on mute for some strange reason, and we scored. Lorente scored. Mm. And because I because we scored and it was on mute, I wasn't taking it off mute again, because then if yeah, they scored, that would be hip, my fault. The hip goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfectly off the hip. Nothing else. Mm. Um, 
And and I was like, I can't take mute off now because if I do that and they score, that's my fault. So I've got it muted, and of course they do score, but I can't hear the fact they're talking about VAR. So I'm going mental, stomping around my living room, going absolutely, oh, bloody old Tottenham, you've let me down again. I've ranted and raved like a lunatic. I've sat down, I've taken mute off, fully expecting them to sort of be talking about how Tottenham have failed at the final hurdle, just as Pep Guardiola's on his knees looking like he's going to cry and they rule the goal out. It was just wonderful. <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was such a wonderful moment. Um, but yeah. to answer your question, because I didn't actually answer your question. No. Um, uh, I am a Tottenham fan. So I've yeah. been a Tottenham fan for 30 years, since I was eight years old. Yeah. And um, I'd love to say, I'd love to tell you this amazing, romantic football story. No. But it's, it's for a really stupid reason, basically. Bring it on. Um, I like stupid reasons better than any real long-winded one, so go on. Yeah, so basically when I was eight years old, as was my twin brother, funnily yeah. enough, um, what, we've got three older sisters, and one of my sisters fancied this boy who supported Spurs. Wow. So she decided that she supported Spurs. She did also really genuinely love Gary Lineker. So there as, was that. As we, as, at well. that time, we all should, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, he was, he was so, great. Um, so there was that. Like, I have to give her that as well. She did genuinely love Gary Lineker. Um, but she decided that she was a Tottenham fan. Um, yeah. And so me and my brother were like, yeah, we support Spurs. And then it just <laughs> stuck. Oh, I feel so bad for both of you. Just imagine if she'd been like a Man United fan. All the trophies you could have celebrated over the years. (laughs) So I'm from South East London. I'm nowhere near um, Tottenham in London. I mean, I'm closer to Tottenham than you. Very very much so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I'm I'm a South of the River girl. Um, So by rights, by by geographical birthrights, I should be a Charlton or a Palace or a Millwall fan. Ooh, there's a choice. Mm. Pro- so probably probably of those three, <laughs> Palace for me. Probably of those three, if I had to pick, it probably would have been Palace. Yeah, Palace yeah. is probably is probably the closest. And actually, sometimes I quite like going to watch um, Palace women because they yeah. play at they their home ground is Bromley FC, and I live in Bromley. So oh well, there you go. Yeah. So I do quite like like going to watch Palace women, um, but well, do but, you yeah. support different teams from the women to the men's game? Mm. Ooh, now, now you're on the spot. <laughs> yeah, this is highly controversial, right? It so, is. yeah, time till I die. I do, yeah. I do support Spurs women. Are, and are, are are you about to talk about what I think you're going to talk about? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I do support Spurs women very much. I yeah. I coached but, in their academy. But but but, but but come on, but come on, come on, say it. Because I currently coach, so I, I currently coach yeah. at Chelsea Women's Academy. I, I'm sorry, um, sorry, Ali. The, the 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 line in the recording there crackled. Would you would you be so kind as to repeat that nice and slow for everyone to hear? <laughs> All of your listeners have turned. Yeah, off. yeah, they're done. They're done now. Yeah, the numbers on social media are yeah. plummeting. You're, you're, you're just gonna watch it, basically. You're saying, "Oh, what an interesting guest Sam had this week." Right until the end, and then boom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I, um, 
I coach at Chelsea Women's like Academy, yep. and um, it is a phenomenal setup. Yep. Like honestly, it is. And um, you know the the support for staff, the support for players is is amazing, yep. and um, it's hard. It's it's hard not to get caught up in it as well because it's so it's such a passionate project. Yeah. <laughs> and and Emma Hayes is a, is a true hero of mine, yeah. and what she has done in her career as a whole but particularly what she's doing at Chelsea and the opportunities that she has she has carved out for herself and others in women's football yeah. is to be celebrated and there's just something about um the way she's kind of leading that first team at the moment that yeah. you can't help but be impressed by that um, I, th- I think you can I think you can have a uh, a professional uh support I, th- I think you yeah. know uh, uh professionally you know I, I work here and I, I'm proud of the project I'm involved with and therefore I, I do follow Chelsea women I think that's absolutely fine I, I, I just really want them to win the Champions League I think yeah, they're going to yeah. win the Champions Season, if, um, uh, if if for example I ever saw you rocking up at Stamford Bridge watching the men's team, we we may have to oh. have. So I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Emma Hayes is a Spurs fan as well. Just FYI. Oh wow, just outing her like that. That's that's not going to go no, down. No. <laughs> I mean, I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure she is. Um, but um, yeah, so I I am. It, it's difficult not to be at such an amazing. Um, set up in 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 women's football and and not kind of like oh it's almost like it's part of my job as well right to kind of support that whole you you have to be I mean you it's it's like anything I um I've talked about this on a podcast and I know it's a different sport but I I played rugby to to a level and I got signed by clubs and then I was coaching for a while uh Mm -hmm. before I sort of had to leave the sport um but I um but I, I'm from Bristol, and our local rivals is Bath, uh, a horrible city full of horrible, terrible people. Not, not that I'm biased. And when I got signed, I got signed by Bath, <laughs> um, which was just a real problem for me. You know, I, I was there. To, to, to me, it's like when I see those pictures of Harry Kane at the Arsenal Academy, you know, I was God, there in this full. I, I was there in this full bath kit, you know, and I can't quite yeah. describe to people just how wrong that felt. <laughs> but, but it's an opportunity. You've got it to take the opportunity. The kit. So yeah. I will tell, tell you about the kit because so obviously because I coached at, at Spurs across girls academy, but also out in the community. So yeah. I coached at Spurs for a few years, and um, so I've got quite a lot of Spurs kit. From, yep. from that time and which obviously I love uh, and wear casually every now and again yeah. um, but when I was coaching for Spurs I, I would go out and I would coach a session um, especially when I was doing the community stuff which often used to be quite early like early on a Saturday morning and yeah. then you know come home and I'd just be in that kit all day oh, because yeah. it was my Spurs kit and I loved yeah, it exactly. Chelsea kit however well, literally yeah. As it's over, yeah. I'm like, I need to take my uniform off. This is my yeah. work uniform. Yeah, that's that's um, how you got to think of it, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, it touched my skin too long. Yeah. No, completely. But yeah, I did get a lot of stick. Um, uh, look, I've apologised for that. <laughs> I got some, um, 
I got I got some people on Twitter as well, and I couldn't work out whether they were being serious or not. <laughs> I think I think they actually were being serious, oh, really? and then I felt a bit concerned for them. But um, that were like properly like, oh, you call yourself a Spurs fan? Oh, oh, like... Yeah, no, I got a feeling they were serious. I I remember that because I was I was I was ribbing you. I I was making comments like, can't believe you're wearing it, can't believe you're doing it. And then I saw some of the other, and I was like, oh wow, no, I don't want to be part of that. And I like deleted what I said. I was like, no, I can't I can't be part of that crowd. I was joking. <laughs> And then, and then one of my friends, um, who's a comedian, he like genuinely, he's a comedian, and yeah. he he was like, "Oh, do you think like people who work in Tesco, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like, they, like they're, they're found in Asda?" In I, I, I love, I love that idea as a comedy sketch. You could have a lot of fun with that, you know, like a whole family have worked at Asda, and then their youngest works for Tesco. You know, like yeah. your mum worked for Asda, your grandmother worked for Asda. What are you doing? You've brought shame upon me. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. that idea. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. I mean, it is, it is a bizarre thing that people get so wanged up about stuff like that. I, 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 I always find it funny when people get so wanged up about, oh, it's a Tottenham shirt. It's got red on it. I'm like... Oh, because of the AIA. Yeah. I'm like, do you realise that Tottenham's one of the first kits of the club was red? Like, mm. the first kit this club was founded with was red. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's anyway... Very yeah, and and people on like uh, we and you have talked about this off off um off recording, but people on social media, there's no nuance. It's very mm-hmm. like screaming. There's no kind of in between <laughs> medium. It's it's hard to eleven all the time. It's it's a bit crazy. Yeah, it is. It's a. Uh, it can be a bit of a scary place, but. What I always try to remind people is that, like most things in life, it is what we make it. So (laughs) I try to, like, as angry and as upset as I can feel at times, I do try to maintain a positive uh, presence, um, which isn't always easy. Um, And I'm always happy. And this is the thing. I'm always happy to have intelligent debate. But unfortunately, lots of those types of people interested in in intelligent debate, they just It is is very difficult online to get that sometimes. I've tried to put that across a few times. We we do this podcast every week, and we have a guy who I don't name because I don't want to give him the satisfaction. He will email me every week, Mm. just abuse. He'll pick fault with everything I've said. He will uh, (laughs) sometimes quite nasty aimed at me. Uh, I mean, he's... Uh, carrot cruncher is one of the more polite things that he said about my accent over the years and and this has gone on for a year and and i'm going to admit this now and i hate it because you'll hear it there are a couple of times that has got to me probably because of other things and lockdown over the year and mental health and stuff and it's just i've read it and i've gone i really didn't need to read this today and I and I do often think to that to like professionals, and I do think about the sheer amount of stuff I see. You know, people go, "Oh, you know, so and so never tweets, or so and so never does that." And I think, well, why would they? <laughs> you know, what what yeah. are you inviting into your life by putting yourself out there? And and very, you know, uh, this week, um, you know, a, a a gentleman who used to be part of Arsenal fan TV. Uh, and I don't know the ins and outs of this, but it would appear from what's being reported, actually took his own life because, you know, various things. But one of the last things he did was respond to a troll on Twitter mm-hmm. saying, well, you don't have to put up with me for much longer. That's heartbreaking. It, it really is. You know, and, and I, and I kind of look at that and I, 
and I was sort of thinking about, you know, this is someone, you know, nobody's perfect. He's made mistakes and he got called out for them. He, he's made mistakes and things he's done. And, and that's fine. You know, I've got no problem with people making mistakes and learning from them. Like to me, like if someone says something, does something, they make a mistake and they go, yeah, you're right. I, I need to be better. I'm fine with that. that that's absolutely fine. No one is perfect. Mm. And and he did, and he acknowledged it, and he went on and do, doing something himself, and he was putting himself back out there again to, to interact with football fans, Arsenal fans, and just the, the sheer weight of that, you know, got to him. And and it's very difficult, or it's very hard to see that. It's very difficult to get my head around it. And then we, we I then see posts online about it where other people have gone, no, this is terrible, and this is awful. And then you scroll through their tweets, yeah, <laughs> and you're like... Exactly. You know, in the last week alone, you've said this about, you know, um, a woman's uh, a member of the Tottenham women's team uh, tweeted something about an international call up, and this particular guy was talking about mental health and how important it is to tweet, you know, good things and be positive. Uh, said something ridiculously derogatory to her, which he mm-hmm. atted her. You know, it's like yeah. I see stuff online sometimes, and they don't at people; they just have a rant. And I kind of think to myself, "All right, you're shouting into a void there." That's, you know, whatever, that's fine. But when mm. you at someone, you know, when you actually try and direct it, you are literally trying to get in someone's face and shout at them, which is something you'd never do in the real world. Yeah, I think, um, I think I, if I was in, like, the public eye, I'd get someone to manage my social yeah. media. I, I and I'd say to them, I don't want to know. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say to oh, them, I manage agree. it. You manage it that's best for my profile, but yeah. don't talk to me about it because no. but you're um the, the guy that you were talking about who who likes to pick fault in in your podcast does he yeah. does he have a podcast uh i honestly don't know I, i've not looked him up i've not done anything other than um mm. i've shared with a few people um you know this I, is what's being reason, said to me <laughs> yeah the only reason i ask is because you get you get a lot of armchair critics and football's yeah. brilliant for it because you've got a whole nation and world of armchair critics that could always put a team out on the pitch better than that manager i'm Um, glad you agree that i can do that thank you ali yes i'm glad you agree yep (laughs) and but it's like actually when was the last time you gave it a go do you know what i mean so so i think it'd be interesting to know if that guy uh, oh well maybe he does well i know I, stand together you never know well the, the thing that i find fascinating is the fact he, he clearly doesn't like me you know clearly and and you can't say the things he does and it'd be tongue-in-cheek it's nasty okay. and yet he listens every week yeah i'll never I understand I, that i don't um i said to you before that i, I just don't really engage um uh, I've never replied. I've talked about it on the show a couple of times because I needed to get it off my chest, but I've never once replied because yeah. it's just not there. And I know I get other emails from people and I get messages from people all the time talking about, you know, thanks for this. This really made me laugh, you know, stuff like that, which is great, which far outweighs. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to admit this. I'm one of those people that I could get 199 compliments and one negative, and I always focus on that negative. <laughs> and I need, to, I need to be better than that, if that makes sense. But I, uh, that is me personally. So I think it's a really, like, kind of quite common human behaviour, though. I think most oh, people do that. Um, I definitely do that. And, and I saw something the other day that was exactly on that, about how actually I need to give – like why am I giving all this energy to that one yeah. 
and then actually there's there's so many more other people saying all these positive yeah. things and wanting to have positive interactions yep um and let, let's focus on that no you're you're absolutely right and and uh, and i the, the worst thing i can i say that to myself and i like go into it every time like nope not gonna bother me not gonna bother me <laughs> ah it's bothering me damn it but um, one of the things me and Matt have talked about a lot, and and he brought this up to me yesterday uh, via WhatsApp message, which was a which basically a WhatsApp message that became an essay. Thank you, Matt, by the way. Um, which was that he wants us to create a more positive environment with Spurs News, and one of the things we talked about a lot is how we struggle in the comment sections of our Facebook mm-hmm. page now. Uh, when we set the page up. One of the things we all loved was going and interacting with people commenting because you could have these conversations like, you know, he's starting this formation and someone go, oh, I wish he'd done this. And we could actually have these conversations and it was great. Mm. But now it's just toxic. You know, it's not there's no discussion now. It's, oh, why isn't so and so starting? And then you can I can even reply with, well, he's injured. And it will still be a fight, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. So we've we just don't hardly ever go in the comment section anymore. We, you know, we have this joke mean thing of a guy putting on a radiation suit with. I'm off to the comment section, yeah. and more and more often than not, I'll just post that in our group chat and go. I'm not doing it. I can't. I can't. I can't handle the sheer level of toxicity today. And but we we've talked a lot about it. And it's something we're we're going to work on over the next couple of weeks. To basically every post we make, we're going to put a reminder at the end of it, which is is what you're saying relevant? Is what you're saying kind? Is what you're saying worthwhile? Think before you press press the button, please. And yeah. it might be a total token gesture. It might be something that nobody ever reads or pays attention to. But we've been thinking about it for a while, and we're going to try it and just see if. If it can just cut some of it, you know, yeah. <laughs> it might help. Well, you've got to try, haven't you? And I, th- I think that it's really hard when you're trying to engage people and you're trying to encourage conversation. It is, because <laughs> people, you can't, people jump can't in. Really leave it, oh, yeah, because you can't really leave it open. No. And then be like, oh, no, but not you. Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm talking to this person right now. You you back off. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's and, and people get so people get so angry with each other just because they don't share an opinion. And I, and I realise this isn't just football. This is society as a whole. I mean, if I was to bring up politics, I think it'd basically nuke the page. But it just it just kind of this this idea that I can like a player and I think he's quite good. You don't like that player and you don't think he's that good. Now we hate each other. That that's alien to me. I don't get that at all. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, there's no nuance. There's no, no none, none at all. I mean, Ricky Gervais has that absolutely nailed on. He's he's absolutely right. Um, one of the one of the features of this podcast, which of course you know because you listen every week, obviously, is obviously. we we are yeah, obviously um is we open up to our our fans on Facebook and Instagram, and we give them the chance to ask us questions or to give us topics to discuss. Now, obviously, Matt's not here, but are you willing to open this up a little bit to the to the good folks of social media? For sure. Okay then. Now it's time for your comments. We have Instagram first, and my biggest problem with Instagram is nobody has their real names. So. <laughs> The, do, you, do you read out their username? Uh, I'm terrible. I, we, we've got a guy who asks a question sometimes, and his handle's Mountain Man. 
So I've done him his own intro theme and everything when he asks a question. Uh, but anyway, the JMFS, what would you prefer to happen this year? A Tottenham League Cup and top four finish or England winning the Euros? You can only pick one. Go on, Ali. That's a that's a nice oh, softball to start with. <laughs> so oh, League Cup and top four, which of course would cement Jose's legacy as our very, very yeah, good manager. Like, he stays that, forever. But this is the problem. That's why that's <laughs> quite difficult. Because <laughs> I couldn't. Oh my gosh. And also it's like so basically it's like, what do you care more about club football, international football? I think I think I do. No, care no, more it's, about... it's it's purely purely down to um whether you like Jose or not, I think. I think that's what this boils down to. That's, we that's... know I don't. <laughs> no, but we've been really subtle about it up to now. <laughs> okay, well, I don't, just yeah. for anyone who's unsure. Anyone who um, didn't read between the lines, yeah. Um, but but that's a really good package deal, like yeah. a, a league cup and top four. Yeah, I mean, Both that's that's kind of the objective, isn't it? All right now. Um, I mean, if we did that, Kane would definitely sign his new deal, you know. Yeah, although I'm still holding. Um, the thing is, I love Kane so much that yeah. I genuinely just want the best for him. Yeah, I think that is probably elsewhere. It pains me to say it, but I'm also holding on to the fact that he is expensive and he's not yeah. young. He's got yeah. dodgy. Actors. Yeah, he has. And if any <laughs> other clubs are listening, you know he's really, really bad around the place. He doesn't train well. He, <laughs> He badmouths everybody. He's such oh, a bad he example. Converts the penalty. No, what never, never. It's it's an illusion. It's a trick. You it's see him score. Illusion. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Like, like nothing is even riding on this. But I'm I like, mean, I'm I, sweating. I I know I know my answer to this, and people will hate me for it. But my answer is England winning the Euros, because yeah, this country this country needs that. After the year we've had, and if oh, I love, that. I love that you think that that's gonna help. No, I, I think it'd help cheer people I think up. It would help I, momentarily. I think it'd help pub trade. Care about I think I know this is crazy. Yeah, I know this is crazy. I don't understand why these people exist, but yeah. there are also loads and loads and loads of people who do not care about football. Wow, I yeah. hate to break you. Oh. I, I know. I've, I've never weirdos. met them. Weird. Absolutely weird. Strange. Weirdos. And and um, and they and they probably take the pandemic quite seriously as well. Yeah. Strange. Strange people. I, I don't get that. Um. That, to be honest with you, and I mean, I, I wanted that to sound like it was a really nice, really helpful reason. Also, if we get top four and win a trophy, there's no way we're sacking Jose and bringing in Nagelsmann, who's kind of who I want to come in. So yeah, I'm I'm going well, England. To the question asker. Because it's a really good question. It um, is. At any other time in history, I probably would have said gone for Spurs. Yep. But just myself. Yep. Um, but I, ugh, it's difficult. And also, like Harry Kane, captaining yeah. England. To lift a trophy. And then he's, he's lifted a trophy then. He doesn't need to leave. And also, you know why I'd love that as well? Because there's yeah. so many football fans in inverted commas yep. who hate Harry Kane just because yep. he's a Spurs player. and they like would have to they would have to the cheer world, yeah and they'd yeah. have to be really happy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah let's go for England 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're agreed. High fives. Yeah, all high fives all around. Um, heading over to Facebook, um, we have Stefan Cruz Alvarez. Now, Stefan also comes on this podcast every now and again. He's stepping Stefan. He's like our super sub uh, whenever one of us are ill. Does he have his own uh, intro song? No, 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 no. I don't like him that much, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. No, don't have to. <laughs> he, know, he knows me well enough. Here you go. So the Amazon documentary, okay, mm. um, Amazon documentary, they contacted us as a podcast and said we would like to use some of your audio for the show. Oh, this to me was amazing. Like this was like wow, oh, this baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like this is so great. You know, my family are Tottenham fan. This is so great. Everyone I know is going to be watching this, and I'm going to get them maybe hear my voice. And I said to Matt about it. So Matt told his family. You know, me and him do this show all the time. Me and Matt, or Matt was ill for a podcast and he missed it, and Stefan came in. Okay. And the clip of audio they used was him. Oh, my God. Yeah. There are a 100-plus shows of us on this podcast, and he's featured on about three of them, and they and used his. out that for the rest of his life. Oh, you have no idea. We did a Christmas special, the three of us, and he literally said I'd have to call his agent to book him. He is doing my head. Yeah, so that's why you don't get his own intro theme. What's he saying? He, he, he literally says, um, this is something that's unprecedented. It's never happened in our lifetime. Oh, yeah. That's a good soundbite, though. Sorry, I'm not helping. Okay, what's the question? <laughs> wow. Wow, that's... Yeah, yeah. okay. I, I like you. You know, you can go off people, <laughs> Alex. Coach yeah. Alex. Um, here you go, Stefan. You're not going to like him now because I put that I was being joined by a football coach to come on, and he assumed that was going to be a man. See, mm. see, we don't like him now. He says, in his experience, do players really ever dang tools against the manager? Well, I guess that's directed at you. Yeah, it must be because he said his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stefan. God, in my personal female experience, um. <laughs> I do sorry do players ever down tools yeah basically basically okay. he's asking a question uh, we, we discussed this about um will you see players so give up basically yeah basically give up game. and wait for the manager to be replaced <laughs> um I think that does happen actually. I think so yeah it and is. I think it probably happens at all levels <laughs> And mm-hmm. it certainly happens, you know, the lower down the levels you go. Really? Um, Ooh, okay. But, um, but I think, I think it like could could that have happened behind the scenes at Spurs? I think we can see that it kind of has. Like, but this I, is my point. I like, think I'm, some definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure it's a. But I don't think sure it's a it's, universal squad decision. I think there's some no. that have just gone. We're done. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. And also, it might even be more complicated than that. It might not necessarily be a, a really conscious decision. It might just be that they're really struggling. This is what I mean. Like, yeah. his style, Josie's style will absolutely work for some players. Yeah. And others, for the it players, absolutely doesn't. Yeah. yeah, and for the place that it doesn't work with, they might be like battling that in their own minds because yeah. they might feel a little bit, dare I say it, gaslighted. Because that's what what I don't like about Jose is I think he is a gaslighter, yeah. and I think um, 
there's there might be some players in that squad that feel a little bit like they've been bullied but yeah. they can also see other players who are reacting really well to their manager and yep. and are really benefiting from it. And they might be like, oh, hang on a minute, but that's not my experience of that person. You, you, um, you, could, you could actually have perhaps two people that have been best friends since they both joined the club are now really struggling with that friendship even because one is clearly very liked and included and one isn't. Not I, I naming think- names. I think there is probably all sorts going on um, because they're all people and they're all individuals and they're all going to react differently. So, but, but, but to answer the Stefan's question, like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that that probably does happen. I I don't think that, like we've just said, I don't think that has happened across the squad at Tottenham right now, but I imagine it has happened at times. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, because... I, I've I've watched it happen live on a couple of times. Not not just Tottenham, but I've seen teams and I've just watched them and gone, yeah, they've stopped. <laughs> they they've and that, and they've given up. Why, that's often why managers lose their jobs because they yeah. so called lose the dressing room. Football yeah. cliche, but they do. Um, and then it, and again, that's like any managerial position. It then becomes untenable because it's like this. Yeah, well, what are you going to achieve? Yeah. Employees. <laughs> is not listening to you yep so it's the same as any industry as well you know if they're not people aren't listening then things need to change and you've got a choice you change one person or you change 10 to 15 to 20 it's obvious which which math's gonna happen there um okay moving on to the next one is michael joseph who says are we making the top four go on ali i mean my heart says yes obviously that's an easy one um, yeah. I'm literally just bringing up the table on my phone <laughs> because I'm like you, you, you've you've managed to avoid it that well. You, you're now not sure just how close we are. There well, are, I think, I'm I think it's eight league games left, or is it nine? It's eight or nine. I'm always conscious of the gap. Why <laughs> uh... the gap, Arsenal? Um, yeah. I'm always conscious of the gap. I always know how far apart we are from Arsenal. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like... I, I know that without looking. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, like ingrained. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I know that, but I'm. But now I need to look upwards. Lol. Yeah. Um, nice. So, yeah. Nice. And so I'm like, mm. so... It, it is yeah, doable, which can. I think makes it worse. We <laughs> in can. A way. Is the question, can we or will we? Sorry. Mm, the, the question is... Well, the question is, are we making top four? The... Oh, oh, so will we? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to say yes. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. Existence. I'm going to embrace Pochettino's vibe and approach to life and, yeah. you know, positive universal energy. I'm going to speak it into existence. Yes, yep. we finished top four. Although um, this does impact the whole choice. It does. It really does. Because a nice mid-table, no trophy finish gets him out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or does it? It does. does. It does one hundred percent because I can't. I can't face the reality of it. Not. <laughs> okay. Cool. I just wanted to check what your reason. Yeah. Was. No. No. I'm. 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 I'm in this kind of you know mental bubble where I'm going. I know exactly where I sit. That's the worst case scenario, Sam. Is yeah. that you don't achieve anything in terms and he of stays. you yeah. remain Premier League, but that's about yeah. it. I, um, I would. I would say if that happens. 
and then next season yeah, well. <laughs> when well, it looks like next season and Tottenham fans are allowed back in the stadium I don't think Daniel Levy should go <laughs> to any games ever <laughs> and you know what this is this is the thing that was is such a sh- like I actually think this has been the best period in history like no one wanted this pandemic obviously no, no. but in terms of managers and general oh, yeah. and quality of football yeah. this has been the best time for us not to be able to see it because about, about any shadow of a doubt there to say the words he's got lucky with the pandemic is really wrong wording okay everyone knows what i mean but he has got so lucky <laughs> because, because that stadium is too beautiful for this nonsense oh it is it is beautiful uh yeah no it is a beautiful ground um marty ost who's a regular commenter says does Oliver Skip get in the team next season? If I were him, I'd want a clear assurances of what my, you know, what the manager wants from me, or I'd like to stay on loan. Um, basically, what Marty's saying. Uh, for me personally, um, I think a lot's going to depend on who we've got as a manager and what football we're going to be playing. But Oliver has got all the tools there to to make it definitely. And this season on loan, he's been great. I love watching him play football. Um, what, what about yourself? Yeah. I, I'm i a big fan of the yeah. skip. And what I want to know is, though, is he definitely coming back on loan? I don't think that's been agreed, has it? Like, uh, obviously... No, I mean, he, he his, loan, his loan with Norwich is up. Uh, so in the summer, he's back with us. Um, okay, we've, got, so... we've got the option to extend his contract as well. But also, um, Norwich want him for a season in the Premier League. They've made it abundantly clear. They know it's only right. ever going to be a loan. But they've basically said, look, it looks like we're going up, mm-hmm. <laughs> barring some meteorite strike. Um, mm. which given the way 2020-21's gone we don't rule that out um, you know they, they are going to go up and they've said yeah we'd love to have him for another season in the Premier League so the club kind of have that decision don't they which is give him another year on loan getting Premier League experience or you know mm. we get him now and to me it's like if it looks like you're going to build a team with him alongside Hoybier and yes I can say Hoybier I learned how to say it not Hojiburji, like Gary Neville says. Amazing. You could have those two there, and that, that to me, would look quite a formidable two, but so much depends on the manager, how he wants to play, and if I was Oliver Skip, if I was told, yeah, you'll be part of the squad, I'd be saying, that's great, let me stay at Norwich then. <laughs> you know, just me personally, selfishly, yeah. I'd be like, I- I'm a starter there every week. Let me have a season yeah, yeah. in the Premier League. Go and play football, that's, that's yeah. what you want to do. So I'm going to sit on the fence slightly, sorry. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, so he absolutely has the, the talent yeah. to play first team Premier League football. I agree. He's, what, 20? I think so, so yeah. The, that's the only caution <laughs> I would have is that, like, I know that's not 18, but it is still young and he is still... Like he will still be developing in that respect, and I yep. just think, um, I yeah, I think it it would need to be quite a clear. You wouldn't yeah. want him to have a horrible experience, basically. No, I agree. Yeah, that that's, that was my. I mean, he turns twenty one in September, so yeah. I mean, twenty twenty one, going into that season, so uh, yeah, he really needs to be playing. I mean, my my point of view is, mm. you you don't yeah. want him sat. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that was the one thing um, with Pochettino, which I didn't agree with. It was like the only thing, and it is the only thing, is like Carl Walker-Peters, for example, and Josh Onema needed to go on loan. You know, mm. they needed to be playing football. And, and he, his view was, and I'd love to know if he's changed it, because he talks a lot about now at PSG, how, how he's adapted in changing and learning, which I love. Mm. Um, whether he'd rethink that now. Because I, I think his, his in his mind it was I don't want them learning bad habits because I can see potential in them. I want them learning from me, but mm. by not playing, they never quite hit the heights that I think they could have. But again, yeah. that's just my armchair opinion. And it is tricky as well because you know, um, Kane is one of the best examples of what can be achieved yeah. <laughs> by yeah. loan spells. But yeah. again, that is a lot of that is down to his personal yeah, um, attitude absolutely yeah, yeah and I not agree. everyone reacts like that to no, because if, if you look at his loan spells in terms of stats you'd never look at that and go that guy's going to be one of the best strikers in the world no ever. not at all you are, yeah. this is why harry this is why i love him because yeah. he's just bloody minded well it's hard like, work at no he's point, just complete yeah yeah at no point in his youth career or early career and all those loan spells nope. did anyone really think this guy check yeah. out this guy like no one and they'll no. and the coaches will tell you that and then he was just like yeah i'm gonna do uh, this um i think like, you'll find tim sherwood says tim always knew and tim recognized <laughs> oh, him yeah, and tim 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 knew them. that he was yeah tim sherwood knew everyone was going to be amazing <laughs> oh. oh wow tim um, anyway so yeah i'm gonna sit on the fence a little bit with skip because okay i feel like He's definitely, he's obviously got that career ahead of him, yeah. but it needs to be managed properly so that he can actually have that career. But yeah. I can't wait until we reach that point with him at Spurs. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, uh, I, yeah, I, I really think, I, I watched him, the first time I watched him play, it was an under-23 game and he was 17. And I didn't, yeah. I, I knew nothing about him, but I said, oh, wow, that, who's he? You know, he's he's the best player on the pitch by a mile. And the guy I was with, who basically follows Tottenham youth for every game for the men's, you've seen the kids all the way through the academy, just turned to me and went, yes, yeah, his debut, he's 17, debut at that level. But yeah. he, was, he was, just maturity, just, <laughs> and the thing I always say about spotting people, and again, this is a completely novice opinion, but when someone looks like they've got time, I always think that that's a sign that they they're a good player. They always look like they've got time on the ball. They yeah, they yeah, position yeah. themselves so they've always got time, and he, and he just did it he's naturally. Confident. It was great. well, he's he's confident and he's yeah. he's brave on the ball, um, yeah. and that that often comes with youth, and often yeah. unfortunately they get scared out of that. And this is what yeah. I mean. Here, he needs to be managed. That yeah. that transition needs to be properly what, managed. What he's, you- Sorry, I was just going to say, he's also, like, genuinely a nice person. I I saw him once at the training ground because I was um, supporting these delivery of these sessions to school children. Yeah. And I was getting these um, boys, like, from the changing rooms, basically making sure they found their way onto yeah. the pitch. Because it's a little bit of a maze, Hotspur Way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so I was just making sure they, they found their way into the dome properly. And and Skip was basically wandering around downstairs, going in between the things that he was doing. And they were all like, oh, can you sign my shirt? Can you sign my shirt? <laughs> just because I don't, I think a lot of them didn't even know who he was. No. Really yeah. like he was an academy player. Yeah. Um, and he he stopped and he said, I don't know how many shirts he must have signed. But he was <laughs> like, like he, 
he had time for them. So uh, well, you don't great. have to do that. No, no, you you love. I mean, that's that's great. I love stuff like that because it go it shows the kind of. It, I think if you can stay level, and again, Harry Kane's a great example of this. The, the guy married his school sweetheart, you know, but raising yeah. a family. I just can't think of a better role model at all ever. And don't have to convince me. No, no, I know, I know. Um, Kevin Russell says, what's going to happen to Spurs football team when they get relegated in priority for the NFL franchise? Okay, we can ignore this one. This is Kevin because I do an April Fool's Day joke every year from our page. And this year, which was yesterday, I did that Tottenham have signed a deal and the stadium's going to be called the NFL Stadium London. (laughs) So many people went mental without reading that. You know, on Facebook, you read an article, you have to click read more. And people yeah. only ever read the first paragraph and react. No one okay. hits read more. So I always do it every year. And I put at the very bottom of this thing, April Fool's Day. The amount of people who just go ballistic. And then other people go read the full article, you numpty. <laughs> I think, didn't one of them like trend one year? Yeah, yeah. The, the one, yeah, it went. I, so I said that the um, the owners of the New England Patriots football team were buying Tottenham from Enoch. And I wrote this article. I, um, I, I, I work in financial services. So I wrote it in this really professional kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're doing this and they're doing this. And I wrote at the bottom again, April Fool. Someone but someone, yeah, they cropped it off and shared it and it went viral. And they, the newspapers had to deny, like, oh, we've seen this rumor circulated online and we've done this. And I'm looking at it going, I wrote that. This goes and to I, show how stupid it all is, isn't it? It like, really does. And, and I have people sending it to me going, oh, you, you know some people. Go, do, do you know if this is true? And I'm like, no, it's not true. I can even point out the typos I made. Look. <laughs> Yeah, no, awful, awful how badly things like that can happen. Uh, last one is a guy, Liam Hickey says, why does it seem we always struggle to beat the first man on crosses, corners, free kicks? Well, Ali, you are coach, Ali. Regale us and teach us why it is that Tottenham seem to always hit the first man. <laughs> that question just makes me think of Ericsson. And it really you know, does, doesn't it? I, lo- I actually loved Ericsson. Yep, same. He was a baller and... Um, and he again had some amazing times at Spurs. Yeah, but for some um, reason, he settled into this hit the first man with every you set that? piece. You remember? Was it under Hodgson? Who, when, who was it that like someone thought it would be a good idea for Harry Kane to take? Oh, that was Hodgson for England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got one of the best like, strikers in world football. I know. Let's take him out of the box and have him hit the crosses. I don't know what uh, what. What part of that he thought oh. was a good idea, but anyway, um, he only he knows. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, it's I mean, it's technique, obviously, there is yeah. a technique to it, it's about uh, the part of the ball you strike and the part of the foot you use and how you lean your body. Uh, yeah. it's a very obvious technique to it. Um, I, I think sometimes, um, players rush corners. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Um I don't know. I don't know if sometimes players I, I, get up in the moment. Like if you think about it, the thing about set pieces is that there's a lot of pressure on that individual to execute oh, yeah, that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Because and everyone in that box is staring at you. 
Yeah, well, and, and when the stadiums are full yeah. and when the TV cameras are there and da, da, da. Yeah. and I think this is the thing is that like um, just because you practice things day in day out and they become muscle memory and you're paid yeah. thousands and thousands of pounds per week to do them it doesn't mean you can't get it wrong oh, you just said that about muscle memory and I, actually that was something I was going to say I think with Ericsson he got into that muscle memory have... almost and and it was difficult because he must have known like in his mind you know you couldn't escape the stats on it everyone was talking about it 20 yeah, I, think, I think he reached the point where it became psychological yeah because he clearly yeah. kick a ball do you oh, know what oh, i mean yeah, like without a doubt yeah. talented in kicking a ball so just, just i think bizarre. i think there's a tipping point with the it's a bit like when a striker hasn't scored for a while yeah and then it just purely becomes psychological yeah it, it um, is is I mean, it, I remember again uh, coaching rugby, and we had this um, kid come through the academy that I was working with at the time, and he was the the goal kicker, the place kicker, and he he practiced constantly, and his idol was Johnny Wilkinson, which for rugby fans, you know, he was the kicking idol, and and he would be out there all weathers all the time practicing, and this kid's success rate was phenomenal. It was like ninety to hundred percent every game. He'd nail pretty much every kick from every angle because of the amount he practiced. And then all of a sudden, he missed this kick in a game. Wasn't mm. consequential, wasn't a pressure kick or anything. He missed it, but he he sliced it. Mm. And, you know, you talk about like muscle memory thing. Every kick for, like, an mm. entire season, he just couldn't break the habit again. It was like he had to reteach himself. And, you know, we had a, a specialist kicking coach at the club who literally just took him to one side and went, right, everything you've ever done, we're going to stop. <laughs> and we're actually going to relearn a different technique because – psychologically you've just got into this this is how i kick and i and i'm not going to change it and it just wasn't working you know it, it just like this slight thing meant of so when i used to see that with ericsson i always used to think of that as like something is not worked anymore but he's just so into it this has always worked for me i'm going to keep doing it you know i'm going to keep doing it but yeah you know the other thing i'd say as well is that um at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in particular, yeah. there's not a lot of room um, at the corners. True, yeah. They slope quite soon. Yeah. Um, now, this, this I'm not trying to say this is an excuse because obviously opposition come there and do it and, you know, and, yeah. and oh, know. you know, you, you, you should still be able to do it. But... It may be for some. There's that element of they can't quite get the the movement yeah. onto the ball that they want because, yeah. like, some players don't need a lot of backlift, but some players need a bit of a yeah. <laughs> kind of not a run up. And, but, and also, know, they don't they don't train on that pitch. You know, when no. they're training at Hotspur Way, they haven't but got. So we mess it up at other stadiums as well. So it's not an excuse. But no, I don't no. I don't know. You'd have to ask those individual players. Maybe it's because sometimes that job falls to yeah. a certain position um yeah. and maybe the personnel in that position aren't particularly good at that one thing i don't yeah like maybe they just need to practice it more so no they're not my squad so no well well very diplomatic of you i'm very very impressed uh but yeah that's it that's 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 me done uh, we've covered everything i was going to cover and more um Amazing. i want to say a massive thank you for joining me um I, i've been bugging you to do this for ages just every and every now and again like hey hey don't forget don't forget don't forget <laughs> and we finally done it so now we'll find out 
you know, in the future, if you actually enjoyed being on the podcast or not, because if I ask you to do it again, you say no. <laughs> oh, no. You've got, see, you've got to see if your listeners want me back or not, because, oh, you know, the whole joke. The, 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 yeah no the, the fact you're far more knowledgeable than me they'll definitely want you back <laughs> it's, it's, yeah you, you might be on here with matt in future but yeah definitely definitely maybe you come back. <laughs> wow you did that again unbelievable <laughs> look if you want to be famous and get on the next documentary that's fine all right that's fine i see where this is going uh but look thank you so much for joining me thank you um i i uh, came across you years ago on twitter um i've followed you for a while uh, i've always really enjoyed your insight on the game uh, so it's been a real pleasure talking to you on this so thank you very much thanks sam i've really enjoyed it too so i'm glad we finally managed to make it happen thank you thank you for listening to the spurs news podcast we hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News.